Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap here. It's Wednesday. I filmed two other shows today, two shows before this, and I'm up and ready to rock. I'm joined by the founder of Fightful.com, Virgil. <laughs> doing? You've been waiting all week for that, haven't you? That was going to be your big thing this week. You've been waiting, your, planning. Uh, your Jim Duggan gimmick fell over. Oh, did it again? Ah, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. He's giving a thumbs down this week. What's up, Jimmy Van? Right before he went on the air, I was going to tell you one more thing, but then you were waving, waving your hand saying, you can't, you can't. Yeah. So uh, I'll say it now. So <laughs> that might've caught it. It might've got caught on, on camera. I don't know. I don't even care. So, so the one thing I was going to say to you was, do you want to reveal the name today? Like, do you want to be the one to reveal the name today? But then I don't know the name. I, I can't do. remember. I told it. you, I told you the I name. I can't remember the name. Does it mean that little to you that you forget the name? Yeah, because I think Sean Ross Sapp and Jimmy Van podcast works just fine. You got to be more creative than that. You got to be more creative. I think that the 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 Jimmy Sapp cast is better. That is the worst name I have ever heard in my life. It's better than the Sean Ross Sapp, Jimmy, whatever the hell you just said. Jimmy Van podcast. It's much more creative than that. The Jimmy Sapp cast. The Jimmy Sapp cast. But we're going to go with, and I want you to say the second part of this. Get back up. What are you doing bending over in your chair? What are you doing? I dropped a thumbtack, if you'd like me to be completely honest. Uh, that's not the kind of thing I like to leave around on my floor. Why do you have a thumbtack at your desk? I have uh, foam up on my wall, and the adhesive that kept it up there isn't – it didn't stick. So Were I you using scotch up. tape? No, no. Oh, okay. So, like damage-free hangers. So the, sh- the name that we want to go with, but I want to get people's feedback is – and I want you to say the second part of it in the way that only you can – is the list and your boy there you go that's not too bad we're gonna get that's a logo made we'll get a logo made we'll see how it looks uh i can't recall who came up with that name i think it was me but uh we're gonna we're gonna try that i think it was actually i i shouldn't tell him that i should the, the thing that i've learned 
is never tell Jimmy that he's right about anything. Well, it's a common theme, man. You're telling me this on daily. It's really no doubt. You are, you are often right. I'll give you credit. So you are often right. In, in honor of tonight's, uh, tonight's uh, sporting event, I have to wear this. So I'm going to put that on. Must be nice. That's all I can say. Must be nice. Going to wear that for this podcast. They're playing tonight. Good for them. And I, dude, I have a lot of stuff on the list of Jimmy Van today. Like, oh boy, I got some good stuff. And for some reason, like half of this stuff is related to Sean Ross Sapp this week. Oh God, I knew it. I told everybody it's going to be the ball busting fiesta of Sean Ross Sapp. My balls are just hanging there. (laughs) And Jimmy Van's taking a swing like it's a fucking pinata. Wait for Tanny to fall out. You know that it's all done lovingly and it's all done playfully and it's all done respectfully. It's only when they're not when we're not on the air that I say you're a real fucking idiot. When we're on the air, it's lovingly and respectfully. You know that, right? Sure, sure. So I gotta uh, ask you something. I gotta ask you something. Yeah. Yesterday I was uh, in downtown Toronto for some meetings, and I don't like to go downtown here in Toronto that often. So I I knocked out a couple back to back. By the time I was back uptown and back at my desk, it was like five o'clock. Uh, local time. And I took a few minutes, went on Twitter because I don't use Twitter on my phone, even though I realized it was created for, for mobile devices. It's annoying. So I only go on the desktop version and uh, I saw a hashtag and it was weird because when I went on Twitter, I had like 32 notifications and I thought, what the hell? That's unusual. And uh, there was a, uh, a hashtag and I have to ask what this is about. And the hashtag was Rally for Jimmy Van to fly SRS to Toronto for the May Blue Jays versus Reds game and do a live podcast too. Can you explain where the hell this whole thing came from? It's just organic, man. Like fans, you know. This wasn't organic. Like you to, came up with it. This I don't your like idea. to say that we have fans. I like to say that we have readers, listeners, and viewers. Yes, we do. Because you guys are just like us. We're just a couple guys talking about wrestling, having some fun. But, but these wonderful people... They're rallying for this. You They're started like, you know what? this. Sean Ross Sapp works so hard. <laughs> and one of his lifelong dreams, and this is, this is actually true, on my sports bucket list since I was seven, yeah. watch a game at the Sky Dome. I won't call it the Rogerson. Mm-hmm. The Sky Dome. I still call it the Sky Dome. I, thought it was, I still call it Sky Dome. I, I, think that, I thought that was the best name for a stadium yeah. of all time. Mm-hmm. I thought it, at the time it was the best stadium in baseball, the most – innovative stadium in baseball i love that they haven't changed it in 30 years i think it's awesome mm-hmm. and these wonderful viewers that we have <laughs> these wonderful readers and followers that we have are like you know what we want to get sean there we want to get him to his dream right. not only that we want live podcasts with showdown joe right. and jimmy van as well and i was like you know what that's a pretty hot idea right. everybody on the internet right everybody else right Right. That's a pretty good so, idea I mean, that I didn't come up with and, and you know, try to pitch on my yeah. own. Well, I mean, Jimmy, as you will surely say, I don't come up with great ideas. You come <laughs> up with all of them. So I'm thinking that this is another one of those ideas that you came up with. Really? I magically like, came up with a hashtag while I was downtown talking to my lawyer somehow. Yeah, I think that you got together. Well, the last time I remember talking, you talking to your lawyer, things didn't wind up too well for one of our, one of our, uh, our fightful members. Uh, what was it? Was that the Russo thing? Yeah, uh, we took care of that. It was. It was. It was fine. It was fine. But anyway, it's beside the point. Yeah. I'm just hoping I don't get fired. 
over this thing that I didn't create. <laughs> that you didn't but create. But I think you made a de- I think you didn't want people to know that it was you, but hey man, if I wasn't involved in pro wrestling, MMA or journalism, I'd be involved in psychology or probably probably uh-huh. some line of of detective work because I think you created a decoy account and just tweeted hashtag rally for Jimmy Van to fly SRS to Toronto for the May Blue Jays versus Reds game and do a live podcast too. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, wow, you know what? Hashtag rally for Jimmy Van to fly SRS to Toronto for the May Blue Jays and Reds game and do a live podcast too. I was like, that's brilliant. That's magnificent. That's that's smart. You know me too well to know that I have so much free time on a daily basis that yeah. I want to create Twitter accounts and I want to create – let me tell you something, Sean. Whoever created, whoever invented the hashtag and whoever named it hashtag should be punched in the head. What? Because Don't punch yourself, please. I said whoever invented it and created it. Oh, the, the hashtag. hashtag. The hashtag. Yeah. Oh, okay. not this hashtag. This is fine. Oh, I was going to say, Lord, no, don't do that to yourself. No, no, the hashtag. It's, it's a stupid concept. But let me, let me say this. Um, do the Reds play in Toronto again at any point during this year? I'll have to check. Because I'll tell you what I am willing to do if we hit our goal. And you know what our goal is, right? You know what our goal is. So my wife is due in about a month. Yeah. Uh, she right Oh, that is, that is right around then, too. Well, and here's the other thing. She right now is physically not capable of chasing around our two-year-old, meaning that I have to do it. So having a guest in town in May is going to be very difficult. But I promise you, and I don't promise very often, and I'm a man of my word, if we hit our uh, traffic goal and if there's another series with the Reds later on this year and we hit there's the traffic not. goal, there's not? There's not, no. That's the only they never, one? They never play the AL East either. The only reason I knew that they would play the Blue Jays is because uh, Issa, who appeared on one of our members-only podcasts, is a big Yankees fan, uh-huh. and she was taunting me saying the Yankees are going to beat the shit out of the Reds. And I remember that, and I was like, well, that must mean the Reds are playing the Blue Jays because that's uh-huh. another AL East team in interleague. Is there another team that you like in baseball or just the Reds? I mean, hey, I won't be picky. So just to go to the Sky Dome, you'll you'll come see anybody? It, to, to be quite honest, if I had to name a second favorite team in baseball, it would be the Blue Jays. Oh, okay. Well, then you have my word that if we had our traffic goal, then later this year after my wife is no longer pregnant and requiring my, me around the clock on weekends, I will bring you and your wife up. I will take you to a Sky Dome Ooh. game. Matter of fact, I'll put you in a box at the Sky Dome. Wow. And I'll take you for dinner, and we'll do some stuff. Are you going to send me to Abu Dhabi in that box like Garfield did to Odie? Uh, I'm not talking a actual literal box with like a top on it. Well, sometimes my cats hang out in boxes, and you know your your cats do a lot of interesting things. I'm sure. I'm sure they do. But when we hit our traffic goal, we'll talk about it. So there's that. Interesting. Uh, I have a lot of other stuff. We got to get to it. It's already ten after. My wife will be happy to hear that. Yeah. So make sure you guys both have valid passports. We do. And then, uh, and then we'll get that done. Um, i got to tell you another little story. Today I'm telling stories, Sean. I'm a storyteller. Oh, what I can't I wait. So I want to tell you something. So I'm from a small town in Canada. And when I was growing up, I was not exposed uh, to people of different ethnicities. I wasn't exposed to people of different sexual orientation because that's how my town was. Now I live in Toronto. Yeah. And as you know, I see it all in Toronto. As a matter of fact, my wife is brown. You saw her one time on uh, Google Hangouts. I have a, a wife of Trinidadian uh, descent. And so I'm cool with everything. Don't judge everything. Everything is okay. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I saw some of your SmackDown review show this week. 
And I mm-hmm. am convinced that you have a at least mild obsession with male body parts. And I, I just wanted to tell you that I am cool with with so, so long. What's as, wrong with that? What's wrong if I do? No, this is what I'm saying. So so long. Do I even bring it up? What's the point? Because I want to know that I want you to know you have my support. So first, first you were talking about Ellsworth's hog literally every week when when Alleged, that came Look out. at that thing every week in the background. Just moosey. Now, all of a sudden, you are obsessed with edgy soapy ass for some reason. Yeah. And you wouldn't shut up about it on the SmackDown podcast. We talk about it, we talk about it on the Riddle podcast, too. You're just proving my point. You're proving my point. Now, well, good for you. I don't know how your wife feels about it. The point. Don't know how your wife feels it. about it. I am in support of you, man. You're allowed to like male body parts. The only thing I do ask is that it doesn't negatively affect me or my life or Fightful. But other than that, well, it seems like it's positively affected Fightful if you thought enough about it to make it a topic on our hit show, The yeah. List and your boy. Yeah, so so I tuned in a little bit late to the SmackDown show, and I, I happened to tune in right at the moment that Jeff Hawkins said that he agreed with me. That was like the first thing I heard was Jeff Hawkins saying he agreed with me. And so I was like, oh. He won't be on next week's show, by the way, or any following ever. Right, I, I could see you doing that. But when he said that, I thought, oh, what, what's he agree about? Is it about, uh, I don't know, some storyline or something? No. It was about me thinking that the JBL thing to Edge wasn't that bad. And then you just went off about Edge's ass. And I thought, okay, he's, I, I see a trend, and it's okay. It's plump. It's okay. Plump. You got a donkey on him. <laughs> got a donkey on him. I'm okay with it, man. I'm, I'm in full support. Just make sure you talk to your wife. I mean, I, you know, I make a living – watching people pretend to fight in underpants. So you're right. Eh, you know, now I you do know. want to say one thing in all seriousness, cause I know that we're just kind of uh, shooting the shit in all seriousness. Uh, you said one thing on that podcast, you said that you've been in uh, wrestling locker rooms and you said you've been in MMA locker rooms and you've never seen hazing and bullying. So- no, 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 no. I've seen hazing and bullying. I've never seen that ah, ass soaping I and stuff to that degree. Gotcha. No, I have absolutely seen hazing and bullying before. One hundred percent. Because the one, the one thing I wanted to say, uh, and again, Justin covers this in his book that I'm still reading, Best Seat in the House. Uh, he said that even though you can't defend bullying and you can't defend hazing necessarily, he said that the catalyst for it is boredom and monotony. Because in WWE, obviously, uh, an independent wrestling locker room and and a WWE locker room is apples and oranges, right? Because of the because of the the how often they do one versus the other, so he said that in WWE boredom and monotony were the catalyst for guys doing this, and that was what I wanted to explain as being the difference. I believe it. I believe yeah. that completely because when I did that Hassan story, which you guys can go check out on Fightful.com, finding Muhammad Hassan revisited. Off the record, when I talked to these, I talked to probably about a dozen people about this. I would say probably half a dozen people said the same thing. They said, had Muhammad Hassan come around five years later, he would have been absolutely fine. Sure. Yeah. And he said the, they, they were like, locker room was different. People were playing video games backstage. They're not running around do, uh, getting drunk and messed up all the time. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The wellness program, despite its faults, its very obvious faults, mm-hmm. have kept some people in line. Uh, they just said that, you know, he was a little bit ahead of his time, and because of that, he got kind of a raw deal and he got bullied and hazed and a, nope. a lot of stuff because of that, because you, you see what the, the backstage environment now has bred an ultra popular 
YouTube channel and up, up, down, down. That's right. Xavier Woods has a completely different stream of income because of his backstage hobby. I mean, a so, lot of I mean, guys now say that they bring consoles with them. AJ Styles just a week ago, didn't he get one stolen or like around yeah, WrestleMania? He got his stolen. Yeah. yeah. So they they bring them with them on the road. It's a. It's and a, I'm wondering when those Madden finals are dropping. I never liked watching people play video games right. until Up Up Down Down started to do a Madden tournament. Right. And I got to see so much of people's personality from them talking trash playing Madden. Rusev was, is awesome. Oh, he's great. The, when when he he's was phenomenal. doing that, he was doing the thing with uh, with Roman Reigns. They were doing a storyline on television, and at the same time, they were playing FIFA uh, in on Xavier yeah. Woods' show. But Roman Reigns is so funny and like quick witted and charming. Yeah, for sure, he is. He's very charming. He's the kind of guy that you'd be like, I, I wouldn't mind hanging out with that. Dude. Absolutely. Like, I've got no desire to hang out with wrestlers, but he's a dude. It's like you know what? I wouldn't hate hanging out with that. No. Dude. Another no. good Rusev one was when Michael Cole interviewed him and Lana last year ahead of them being filmed for Total Divas. And Rusev before that had been nothing but serious. And Michael Cole says, how is your career going to be affected by these cameras around you all the time? And Rusev looks at him and he says, I already have cameras filming things around my house all the time and wait. <laughs> and I was like, well played, sir. Yeah. Well played. That's true. That's true. Uh, okay, next thing on my list here, I want to. You know how you said that you like to tell the behind the scenes stuff on Fightful? You know? Oh boy! You said you like to tell oh that, right? Oh boy! So I want to give people a little, a little uh, snippet of some of the behind the scenes stuff with Fightful that we deal with. So uh, Sean and I have a uh, chat group with a uh, wonderful human being by the name of Lindsay. Who kind of Wonderful. kind of handles the day to day of the site, and she's my go to for a lot of stuff, and I have a lot of respect for her opinion. Uh, so Sean will will text about, hey, this is wrong, I need you to fix this. Can you work on this? Whatever. This is what I got to deal with people having guys like Sean Ross Sapp on the payroll. All right. So Sean actually on Monday, uh, he asked Lindsay if there was a way to remove his own typos. Whenever he, he spells his name wrong, whenever he spells different versions of his name or spells it wrong, is there a way that typos can be fixed? And I actually responded to, to Sean and I said, are you literally telling me that you need Lindsay to find a way to correct your own mistake when you screw up how to spell your own name? And here's, how, here, here, oh, 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 here's what made it better. Here's what made it better. You know what Lindsay's response was? Alex is another who spells his own name wrong a lot. Also Steve Muehlhausen, which, hey, let's be honest. I got to Google Steve's name anytime I use it. But, dude, my name, my real name is Vanderlinden. And if I, let's say I'm typing fast and I spell it wrong, you notice it and you fix it like that before you even say it. Yeah, that. but our, so here's the thing our form, if it's entered and it saves in, it will stick there no matter what. Even if I go back and fix it, once I leave the form, it kind of just sticks there. And I don't you, know why. You've answered your own question. You don't leave the form, you see the mistake and you catch it and fix it right away. Sometimes you don't you get a proofread. Get a proofread. This is what I have to deal with with some of the people I have on payroll. They're not knowing how to spell their own name. This kind of this kind of gives you an idea of the behind the scenes that I got to deal you ever, with. Have you ever seen the movie Blue Chips? Long time ago. Long time ago. Hey, the biggest star in that movie didn't know how to spell his name, and his name was Neon. Really? Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they said uh, he got like a like a four hundred on his SATs and. Nick Nolte goes, well, you get like 600 points for spelling your name right. Yeah, but he did and that on purpose. He, he, he filled the test intentionally. Maybe I'm doing it intentionally. Oh, there's no way. You're doing it intentionally. Maybe. 
Maybe you're I'm doing it because you're Sean Ross Sapp. That's just kind of how it is. <laughs> Did you say Sean Ross Sapp? Sean Rassap. The title of my Sean podcast Rassap? notes that drop every Tuesday at 8 a.m. What? Yeah, I drop my podcast notes every Monday and or every Tuesday and Wednesday at 8 a.m. for the SmackDown and Raw shows. Go check that out, guys. Yeah, I'm a little behind on reading those, but I'm, I'm sure they're tremendous. They are. They are. I want to talk about Braun Strowman. I love him. You know where I'm going with this, I think. Probably. Um, so on the Raw review show this week. Oh, boy. <laughs> you already know. Uh, I was texting Sean. I was kind of doing it jokingly chirping. You, you got me going from ya boy to oh boy in record time. That might be a new t-shirt. Yes. So Sean on Monday was saying that he thinks that Braun is ready to be quote unquote the guy now. Uh, and you clarified and you said, I don't mean he's ready to be John Cena. He's ready to be Brock Lesnar. That was your explanation. Yes. There was a gentleman uh, in the live chat, and I'm sorry, I don't have his name written down, but he Good. You don't need it. He disagreed with you, uh, and you kind of chirped him a little bit. You kind of shit on him a little bit, and I was texting you saying, you've got to be a nonpartisan journalist. You can't shit on your listeners. Your listeners can have their own opinion. So the reason I want to talk about this uh, is because I agree with that listener, and I'm going to tell you why. Braun Strowman is not ready to be the guy yet, whether it be John Cena or whether it be Brock Lesnar. He's not ready yet. I think Braun is awesome. I think that he's one of the one of the the fresh new faces to come around over the last six months. I think he's got a ton of potential. He's got the look. He's got the size. He's got agility. Um, his match with Big Show was even pretty good. He showed that he can, he can put together a passable match. Um, but there's things that he needs to yet learn before he's ready to be the guy. Uh, and you use Brock Lesnar as your comparison. You said that he's ready to be the, the next Brock Lesnar. So I want to talk about Brock Lesnar. When he came back in 2012, and then 14 is when he had his big run, where he and a taker streak, and he killed Cena at SummerSlam and was blowing through guys. 14 was his big year. You got to understand that, number one, Brock came back with the legitimacy of the UFC run, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of wrestling fans from 2002 – didn't really know Brock from wrestling anymore. Like, cause a lot of fans today weren't around then. So a lot of today's fans knew him as a UFC fighter. They knew him as, as the heavyweight champion of the UFC. They didn't know him as the WWE guy from 2002, right? Brock came back with that legitimacy. And on top of that, there are elements about Brock Lesnar, in my opinion, that are very underrated. Uh, I think that Brock has good charisma. I think that he's good at reading a crowd. He's good at listening to a crowd. He's good at playing off a crowd. Uh, and on top of that, he's got good facial expressions, uh, he's also really good at promos, and I think the only reason they have Paul Heyman doing his promos, tell me if you, if you agree, I think the only reason Paul Heyman does the promos is because WWE is afraid of what Brock is going to say with a live mic. I think that's the only reason, because otherwise he's more than capable of doing his own promos. You look at, at Braun Strowman, he's not there yet. He doesn't have the facial expressions. He hasn't shown me that he knows how to read a crowd. He hasn't shown me that he can do a promo outside of three or four sentences. He's not the guy yet, and so I agree with that listener. I think he's got potential. And I think he could get there, but he's not there yet. Um, you had said something about Ryback. And you said they built up Ryback, and Ryback popped a rating with uh, CM Punk, right? Yes. Ryback, in my opinion, was never going to be a main event guy. He was never going to be a long-term guy. He popped a rating because he was undefeated and because he was a new guy in that spot. And I think that the fans were curious. that He had the curiosity factor. He didn't have the talent to be a, a consistent main eventer. He wasn't going to survive in that spot. 
I think Braun can, but he's not there yet. That's my opinion. Go ahead. You can go ahead and say what you want. I didn't shit on the guy. He said like nine times in our chat opposite what we were saying. He was literally disrupting the chat, and I was like, dude, come on. Dude, come on. Now, Braun Strowman is not on Brock Lesnar's level in the ring. Even though Brock Lesnar's level in the ring right now isn't what it used to be. Like, mm-hmm. he used to do things that we just saw and, like, God, I can't believe he's that agile. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he can do this, that. Braun Strowman, why I say that is because he is building his legitimacy in the way that he can. And quite frankly, it's just him tearing shit up. Yeah, it is. But the thing yes. is, is, is it's one thing for him to do a five-minute segment and do that. Uh, and even if they have three five-minute segments and he's doing it in all three of them, that's fine. Is he going to carry a main event and do a 15-minute opening segment with a with the top baby face? Brock doesn't either. Well, and Brock Brock asked for Paul Heyman. He went out there, he cut his own promos. He's like, this ain't for me. And the way that he cuts promos is he curses. And yeah, if you well, watch that's his UFC promos and his WWE yeah. promos, he was a magnetic personality in the UFC. Mm-hmm. But... In the WWE, him coming out and saying, I pulled that horseshoe out of his ass and beat him over the head with it, does, he's, they don't want to portray him as that type of guy for whatever reason. Oh, it's not just that. Real. I mean, pointing to the Bud Light logo in the ring and saying, you know, vetching for Coors Light kind of thing. Yes. WWE's never – I mean, what's he going to do? Go out there and say, I don't like Snickers. I like, I like Twix. Sure. But you know, the reason that I brought up the Umagas, the – the Rybacks, the Rusevs, they did have the momentum. Where, Regardless of where they were headed, they mm-hmm. had the momentum, all three of them. And all three of them got stopped dead mm-hmm. for whatever reason. This reason is more likely to be, uh, well, we really badly want Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. We really badly want that. In what, as of now, will be Brock Lesnar's last match. Anything can happen between then they could re-sign him. They badly want Roman Reigns to be that baby face. But they have a guy right now in Braun Strowman who can garner a giant polarizing reaction. The YouTube metrics, which are things that people go out of their way to click on, are unlike any talent I have seen that is full-time on that roster since I've been measuring them. Every single week, he's got something over a million. Uh, Last week, he averaged out of like four or five seconds, the, the week that he that Raw was Braun Strowman, Mm -hmm. he had like four or five segments that went over it. I look even further. His squash matches have that. His matches with Mark Henry have that. That's not normal. Uh, No, I mean, he definitely definitely has momentum. I think he's definitely good. I mean, we all kind of put him over. Everybody with Fightful puts him over. I'm just saying he's not ready to carry it yet on a a week-to-week basis. Oh, absolutely. He's got growing to do, but I mean, a lot of guys had growing to do when they put him in that spot. Uh, Roman Reigns had growing to... Here, here's a good example. Uh, what a difference a year makes. Roman Reigns had a lot of growing to do in January of 2014 when he was in the Royal Rumble. Do you remember the reaction he got in the 2014 Royal Rumble? Was that the one in Philly when Rock came out? No, that was the year before, right after Daniel Bryan got thrown out. People were livid. Or the, Daniel Bryan, I think maybe Daniel Bryan wasn't there. He was the Philly year. Yes. No, no, no. Okay. That was, this was the year before when Daniel Bryan wasn't even in it and people were pissed, but they saw Roman Reigns in it and they pointed at him and they said, okay, we'll get behind this guy. We like this guy. This is the one. And when Batista won that Royal Rumble, yeah. Oh, they got mad. Had Roman Reigns won that Royal Rumble, the crowd would have popped huge. Who knows what would have happened then, but they loved him then. 
And if yeah, they would have I mean, that rocket ship to him then, who knows? Maybe they would have gotten sick of him by now. But that that was their window. After that window closed, it's been this nonstop, year after year situation of them just trying to force their narrative, force their narrative, force their narrative. This is their window with Braun Strowman. Because if they beat him or they don't put him in the spot that he needs to be in, that people are reacting to, we're going to get this same type of thing where people just they, – they know the window's closed. They know that this is what – it's just just the landscape of pro wrestling these days. I'll tell it's you what – It's just the landscape. I'll tell you what Braun doesn't need. What Braun doesn't need is for Hunter and Stephanie and Vince McMahon to come out and publicly vouch for him and, and sure. publicly say – because in my opinion – Roman Reigns was the victim of the fans rejecting the corporate choice, right? Because WWE doesn't give the fans enough credit for being internet savvy and for knowing the behind the scenes stuff. Even though most of the fans now at the live events, they know what's going on. They're not idiots. Vince doesn't get that still. And that's why Roman was rejected because as soon as it came out, oh, Roman's going to be the guy and they're going to give him the title at Mania. That's when they started shitting on him. You know what they also don't need? They don't need to come out there and reject him either because that's like that's that's the other sign if the authority is on tv rejecting this guy you know that's the guy they really want to be the dude right because from a from a storyline standpoint it doesn't make any damn sense yep for them to hate all these people no it doesn't and i'll tell you one thing about braun Strowman. um when the time comes that he recognizes that he is of value to wwe because the time is going to come when he starts to figure out that they perceive value in me. I really hope that he uses that to his advantage and he uses that in order to generate flexibility and freedom in his promos and in storylines and in helping out with match finishes, things like that. Because I'll tell you, CM Punk figured that out. And he wasn't afraid to, to I don't know, necessarily go off script, but he wasn't afraid to be a little bit more free with his promos. And not only did it make it more entertaining, but it, it got him over even more. Cena figured that out. Uh, and it was a similar reaction. Roman Reigns, I don't think, has figured that out. Roman Reigns is sitting on TV spewing the same bullshit that they write for him every single if, week. If I were him and they told me to say, well, I did what I had to do against The Undertaker, I would have said, I would have had him say, that motherfucker stepped into my yard and I kicked him out of it. Yeah, I would. Or maybe not MF. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Sean Ross would say that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that on TV. Uh, we don't no. have to deal with the FCC here. I'm not getting. If you start getting fined each time I curse, my cursing will go down. Did you but, hear did you hear the Dana White story that Frank Trigg told the other day? I may have. Which one? So uh for those of you that oh, may not of. for those of you that may not know who Frank Trigg is, he's a former UFC fighter. He told a story about Dana White. So Dana White now has what they call fuck you money, right? <laughs> they sold the UFC and he made like four hundred million dollars or something. So he now has that level of money. Frank Trigg told us told a story about how Dana White, I guess he had like he lives in Vegas and he had people from the city come to his house saying something like your, your fences are too tall. They're, they're beyond regulation or your fence line is too close to your neighbor beyond regulation. And you got to fix it. Otherwise we're, you're going to get X number of fines. Dana White said, I'll pay the fines. Just send me, send me the bill and I'll pay the fines. I'm not changing nothing. That's wow. That's well, you know, I'm not saying that we're there. I'm not saying we're there and I don't want you to get me in trouble, but you know, this is a guy who I think, had snow put in his yard in Vegas That's right. one time for his kids. Yep. For his kids. That's yep. pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. The Braun Strowman thing. I think it's charming that he's just that guy that 
that big brooding dude that's like beat up Roman Reigns and then tears up a barricade and then tears up this. Tearing shit up gets if gets people over and he's over right now and people are going out of their way to watch him. He is, um, but he's he's got to show that he's multifaceted because six months down the road, that's not going to be over anymore. It might right? be no. monster trucks, man. People still go watch monster that's, trucks. That's a different. That's that's apples and oranges. He is a monster truck. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be his new name. Hey, to your point. Braun has seen that a little bit because Triple H, I think, told a story about him using verbiage that was not allowed. Like, he just said something like, I want a title shot. And Vince went off and he was like, oh, well. Uh, no, apparently he was told after the fact when he got back yeah. to the locker room, right? I mean, he knows what so. verbiage isn't, isn't allowed. They're given memos. They're, they're educated very well on what is and isn't allowed. It could have just come out of his mouth before he even thought about it, too, but... But again, uh, like you said, if I was Roman Reigns, I don't know if you remember one time at the Hall of Fame, and not that I'm ever going to credit JBL, but one time at the Hall of Fame, I think it was Ron Simmons that was going in, and JBL was handed a script by a writer and told, mm-hmm. here's your script for your, for your speech, and he tore the script up and threw it at the guy. And, and that's the one thing I will say, I guess, with all due respect to JBL, I would have done the same yeah. thing. I would have done the same thing because that's my friend getting inducted. How do you know him better than I do, Right. Then he got on the mic and he said, nobody likes Justin Roberts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Roberts, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when Batista did that WrestleMania 30 press conference? Do you remember I that? Don't, I don't think I do. So, so I probably covered it. Everybody listening, you should go on YouTube. Look up the pre-WrestleMania 30 press conference. Oh, crap. I still got my Skype open. Oh, boy. To stop it. Your connection's been good. So oh, whatever. that's good. Well, I'm going to cut it anyway. So Batista did the pre-WrestleMania 30 press conference. And he was given a script written for him for the press conference. And because at that point he had done Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and he didn't care anymore about getting in trouble. I mean, he, he was made in Hollywood. He went out there and actually said, this sucks. Whoever wrote this should be fired. This is stuff that I would never say. He even said, if Stephanie wrote this, I apologize, but it's horrible. Roman, I really hope Ron figures that out because it's going to be better off for him. It'll be better off for the entertainment of the fans if he steers off script, does things the way he wants to. If he's capable, because we haven't we don't know yet. But uh ultimately it all goes through Vince and if and Vince thinks that people talk a certain way, that's like I mentioned things all the time saying you see in promos. I'm like, who talks like that? Like when me and my wife are talking about what we want for dinner, I'm like, you see, I prefer Long John's chicken to Lee's famous recipe. It doesn't happen. You know, like you that. did that it's same weird. joke like a month ago on this podcast. Well, I mean, it's just it's something that keeps happening. Yeah, it does. It keeps happening. It does. Just little things. Well, we're going to see what happens. But uh, I guess to go back to my point, he's not the guy yet. But I think he's got great potential. We'll see what happens. If he beats Brock Lesnar and destroys him and throws him off a building, Hulk Hogan giant style out of monster trucks, that's the only way it could be cooler. Oh, you would like it if that happened? No, I wouldn't. Uh-huh. Unless unless Brock got into a monster truck 
on the top of a roof, and then Braun Strowman threw it off the roof. And that would be okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, let's move on. I want to talk about Bray Wyatt. Um, now, I've talked about Bray Wyatt on the show before. And Bray Wyatt is a character that I have loved from the time that he debuted in the company. I was never a big NXT watcher, so I didn't really see him in NXT. But when he came up on the main roster, I loved everything about that guy. I loved his look. I loved his music. I loved that he had the Wyatt family members. Uh, I liked his ring entrance with the, with the lights off and everybody, you know, opened up their phones. He called it their fireflies. He started going like this with his hands. Everybody was singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. He was over. He was creative. He was different. And in 2014, he was at his peak. Remember when they had uh, goat masks on choir children and stuff? He yeah. was just so amazing, and, and in 2014, I thought he was close to that made man status with the Wyatts and with the, with the popularity that he had. Uh, and then they killed him dead with uh, John Cena at WrestleMania 30 when Cena uh, not only took him out, but took out the Wyatt family single-handedly. That kind of killed him dead. Since then, he's kind of been treading water a little bit. You know, first they freed Rowan and Harper. They split them off. They realized that was a mistake. They put them back together. Wasn't quite, didn't click the way it used to. They added Braun Strowman to the mix and they figured out they got something special in Braun. So they moved him over to the other show. Bray's kind of been treading water and uh, it's a shame to me, man. I, I think that he is such a talent and I think he's got so much potential. I'm hoping that the transition to Raw is going to be good for him. But what do you think? Do you think that he is salvageable still? I think almost anybody is salvageable. Salvageable. Even Jinder Mahal. I mean, we've talked about that. We've talked about that. The only concern and, I have now is that Braun has lost every major match over two, three years. He's lost right. every major match. So are the are the fans programmed now to believe that regardless of the promos and regardless of the magic tricks and all that, that he's going to go in there and lose the match? So I mentioned this on the, the SmackDown podcast last night. Be sure to check that out, you guys. Rusev. It looks like they're plugging him into a title match. Right. If I am Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, JBL, anybody, I go on Talking Smack and I say, a lot of people didn't know this, Rusev's been working and fighting with a separated injured shoulder for years. That's what caused his downfall. Uh, My sister is so evil, she wouldn't give him the time off, and uh, he struggled because of that. He's back, he's ready, that's why we had to have him. For Bray Wyatt, it's as simple as him in a promo saying, relationships never mattered to me, winning never mattered to me. Now it does. Because he's the type of guy that when he first came in and he lost, I was like, why does this guy give a shit about winning? He's crazy. But, you know, you can only keep that up so long. But if they establish that, then they go with a strong run, that can be something. But I'll tell you what has to stop. Feuds starting with the lights going out and him showing up for no reason. Mm. No explanation. Why? Is it because you're crazy? Okay, we get that. That's been three or four years. Same thing. I think Vince, we talked about this before. I feel like Vince enjoys that part of the character that he had with The Undertaker uh, with with the smoke and mirrors elements. And now Taker's gone. So Bray's kind of like his next project for that Hollywood-esque type stuff. Yeah. And, And that's fine. That's fine to me. But, I mean, the thing with The Undertaker is you would have guys who... Saw him, Giant Gonzalez and Mabel and Yokozuna, even though those were crap, a lot of crap feuds uh, for the most part. 
they wanted to be the big guy in the prison, so they walked up and hit the other biggest guy in the prison. Right. There was a reason. Bray Wyatt's just, okay, the lights are off. They're on. Here I am. Sup. I'm going to hit you with Sister Abigail and ramble for a little bit. Yeah. Man, those, those original vignettes where they were out in the woods and, I mean, today what we see doesn't resemble that at all. He has nothing no. tying himself to that. I mean, he lost the family. He yeah. lost he lost the the gear. I mean, I like that he's reinvented himself and he does like the dreadlocks and stuff, gotten modern with it. But he he almost has to do it out of necessity because people associated that other stuff with him losing all the time. I like the Hawaiian shirt. I like the hat. I like the creepy deliverance type of thing. I'm from Kentucky. I believe that shit could happen. So you like Whalen Mercy? Were you a Whalen Mercy guy? I, I wasn't I didn't watch enough at that moment. I had taken a little bit of a break for whatever reason during uh, Wayland Mercy. But when you look back, that's a character. Hey, kind of like what they're doing with Jinder Mahal. The Muhammad Hassan character was good enough mm-hmm. that didn't get to go anywhere to do again. But you have to adapt it for ten years later, twenty years later. And WWE hasn't done that. Yeah, I mean I guess the good news is you know, part of the reason that Daniel Bryan was over with the yes chant is because the fans liked the involvement. They liked doing the yes chant. Uh, I think with Bray, they could bring back he's got the whole world because the crowd wants to be part of the show, right? They want to they interact. I thought, you know, seeing the crowd pop when he uh, puts Sister Abigail on The Miz, I think is indicative of the fact not only that Miz is over as a chicken shit heel, but of the fact that people, I think, want to root for Bray Wyatt. I think a lot of the fans recognize that he's talented, and they recognize that he's creative, and they want to root for him. So maybe they'll give him a shot as a babyface. What do you think? Maybe there's any possibility, or maybe even a tweener will give him a chance. They should. I mean, how many times have we seen guys that would have gotten over as tweeners? Roman yeah. Reigns probably would have. Dean Ambrose probably would have. Uh, Bray Wyatt would have been a good one. There are a lot of those guys. But we're talking that- about Bray Wyatt, so of course he'd be a good one. Yeah, I mean, he could pull that off, and yeah. man, there's just and there. The thing that I always hate is people are like, "Well, how many territories have you run, buddy? How many?" It's it, Vince McMahon is not like completely absolved of making mistakes. Sometimes, as CM Punk has said, he makes money to spite himself. Mm. It's weird. Like there's, and uh, you know, you know it, what I think a lot of it was. I so you know we've talked before about how they cut the legs off of guys. Uh, yeah. I almost feel like Vince wants the marquee to say WWE because yeah, he does right. He he doesn't want to feel like he's handcuffed by the talent. He doesn't want to have too many too many members of the talent roster that have any kind of stroke or clout with the office. I think he wants to have that one guy like a Cena because you need him to draw the house. But then after that one guy, I think he wants WWE to be the draw as opposed to five other wrestlers. And and that's part of the problem. And when you look at the '90s when they were at their peak. And you had Stone Cold and you had DX and you had The Rock and you had all these guys that were over. I think the competition is what forced him to, to get out of his comfort zone and to let these guys get over. But now you hear stories now about how Vince doesn't care about ratings anymore because the competition's not what it was. So maybe now, yeah, he just wants WWE to be the draw, not all these individual wrestlers. I hate to compare it to New Japan Pro Wrestling because it's a much different business model, much different wrestling model, but... Finn Balor, original Bullet Club leader, they lost him. What they do, they got a strong guy in AJ Styles, plugged him right in. Not only didn't miss a beat, it got bigger than ever. He leaves. 
Well, without missing a beat, they used him leaving to transition Kenny Omega into a megastar, a big star in Japan. He's having literally six star matches being the dude. And so would you say that he's an Omega star? Son of a bitch. <laughs> I had You're to. still in my gimmick. You're I still had in my to. Gimmick. had to. <laughs> so, I mean, if you keep people strong, people are going to care. Yeah. And you don't always have to keep them strong to make people care. You get guys like Chris Jericho today. Win or lose, he's over with that list, man. Yeah, and, and you know, again, I, I still, you know, if you ask me my top five favorite characters in WWE today, I'd still put Bray on that list. You know, I, I, I think he needs a faction. I think on his own, he's not as strong as when he has a faction. I know there's been rumors about putting Bo Dallas with him. I think that'd be a great idea. Because they would. The fans know they're brothers, even though WWE doesn't want to acknowledge it. The fans know. So it'd be great if they would do that. And Oh, my God. I would, I would have Bray Wyatt show up after his matches, win or lose, for weeks. And Bray to just kind of, like, try to avoid him, try to avoid the elephant in the room. Right. And then one day, you know, he's teaming with Axel or whoever. Axel leaves him. His brother helps him. And then he, like, he accepts his brother. Babyface, heel, whatever. You could make that work. And Bo Dallas becomes his heater. I mean, Bo Dallas isn't going to be a big, big star. Yeah, no, no. But, I mean, he's. It have legs. For that. Yeah. They could get a year out of that. They could. They could get a while out of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they could. So that's good. So, uh yeah. Anyway, so I know that we come off like we're we're being negative and critical all the time. So I want to emphasize again, I really like Braun Strowman. I really like Bray Wyatt. I think they both have a ton of potential. Uh, Bray, I think, if handled correctly, would have been a main eventer by now. Um, so I don't want to shit on everything. I just, it's... I love, I mean, I love WWE. I love pro wrestling. I know you do too, but mm-hmm. we love the potential of what it could be even more. Like how good, like it, it, then it's right there. I mean, again, you right you think there. back to 2014 when Bray had the choir of children with the goat mask and how awesome the visual was. You think back to when he would wave his hands and the entire crowd would sing, he's got the whole world in his hands. That was cool stuff, right? And and it yeah. happened organically. They didn't do it because somebody was holding up a sign telling them to sing. They just they just started yeah. doing it. And I that was an entertaining time, and I, I wish that we could kind of go back there with that character. That's kind of the point of my uh, my little rant here. I am with you, man. I'm with you. I think Bray Wyatt is too talented and just too perfect for the WWE scope of things to waste. So what you're saying is I'm right again? Yeah, I mean, sure. Kind of like the J.J. Dillon thing? What about the J.J. Dillon thing? The thing that, okay, let's talk about this then. Let's go ahead. (laughs) You want to do it? Let's do it. Well, we're gonna do it without being negative, or, or, or I don't want to. Also, I'm not allowed to defend my. No, 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 no. I'm because I'm I'm not gonna shit on you. I'm just gonna kind of be honest. But I don't I don't want to say anything uh, potentially insulting to to JJ or anybody. So uh, no, it's not insulting. So I had a good time talking to JJ. I've got a friend who um, he does sports conventions for a living. You know, he he does autograph signings, and he knows Hulk Hogan, and he knows Ric Flair, and he knows a lot of guys. And he's very tight with JJ to the point that JJ actually mentions him in his book. That's how, how friendly they are. And I hit up my friend and I said, um, I'm looking for some guys to do podcasts with, you know, who, who do you think that you could get that's, that's available on a regular basis? He really put over JJ and he said, this guy's got stories and he's a good storyteller. And I know he's, he's interested, blah, 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 blah. 
So I finally talked to JJ and cut a deal with him. And then I told Sean, okay, I want you to do this. Now you admittedly, Sean, I'm not going to shit on you. You admittedly told me that wrestling from that territory in the eighties was not your strong suit. And that's, yeah, not my forte. Yeah, and that's, that's perfectly fine. But you, you, you told me that up front. And you're a little bit leery about the whole thing. And I said, just do me a favor. Do the one podcast. We'll do it as a test. We'll see what kind of reaction that we get. So we did the one podcast. The reaction has been pretty good. Like the comments have been good and people seem to like it. And so now I I actually got an email from JJ this morning and he's up for doing another one uh, either later this week or next week. So it's good, man. I So see, I'm not crapping on anybody. I just wanted to tell the story. I took you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Okay. Well, I mean, it's uh, talking to anybody about wrestling isn't out of my comfort zone. There's plenty of stuff, 90s, I can just talk to him about. Right. And uh, I have the benefit of knowing a guy named Jeff Hawkins who knows all that stuff. And I can just ask him, hey, you want to join me on this podcast? Maybe help guide me along. But uh, numbers are okay. We didn't promote it. It wasn't promoted, okay. really. We just kind of threw it up. I, I think it's not okay. too bad. It's not too bad. We, we pay Anna less, and she gets more. She's got her own widget every week full time. It makes a difference. This guy was on a widget. For a couple days. Yeah. Makes a difference. You're a widget. Give JJ. Anyway. You know, if you want to do if you want to do a hashtag, how about hashtag give JJ a chance? How about that for a hashtag? I, I gave him a chance. I My only thing was, and, and we've said this off air, um... Careful now. Eh? Well, Careful. And Adam Ball says, and, and I'll, I'll approach this. Adam Ball says, it seemed like SRS wasn't totally listening. He would ask questions that did not correspond to JJ's answers. Well, here's why. Be careful, right? I'm being nice. Okay. JJ's answers didn't always correspond to my questions, yeah. did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he takes the long route to get to the answers. Sometimes. And I was that's me trying to kind of wrangle him back in. He's in his 70s. But, man, he's got some great stories. But as I told J- Jimmy, I was like, listen, I was asking about 1997 WCW, and he brought up Bearcat Wright. And I was like, come on. He died in 82. Uh, but once he warmed up and he got like the intros out of the way, man, he had some good stories. Yeah. And See, I think part of it is that you know how sometimes Bret Hart said this too. Sometimes when guys have been kind of out of it for a while, they are afraid that they're forgotten, right? And and Bret Hart was gone for whatever it was, 12 or 14 years. And one of the first things he said when he came back was that it was nice to be remembered. Goldberg said something similar, that that it was nice to be remembered. I think JJ felt in a similar way. I, I think he felt like this is a new audience and I have to introduce myself. Not realizing, yeah. right? Not realizing that a lot of the people that were listening knew who JJ Dillon was. I think in their head, they think I've been gone for a while and they don't really know who I am anymore. Right? Yeah. And I mean, this is the retro podcast thing or something that, I've wanted to do for so long. It was something I pitched before we did our first Fightful podcast with Vince Russo. Right. I was like, Vince, please, let's do a retro show because he hated current wrestling. I was like, we can either review an old show, talk about an old topic, talk about an old person, uh, talk about uh, business from whatever end. But yeah, like it's something I want to do. I love the idea of talking about old wrestling because people are into that. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, wrestling Observer does a good one with Brian Alvarez. He's done it. Uh, 605 Pod was popular. Uh, Bruce Pritchard's is blown up. Like, there are a lot of good shows that do that. And I've wanted – I mean, I asked – we kind of had Vince do that at an old employer with Nuclear Heat where he would talk about an old topic. People loved it. So mm-hmm. I think that you should even I, ask – you should even ask readers to send in questions for JJ. Yeah, of course. You know, send in, uh, uh, I know – 
I know one I want to do with Shane Helms that I hadn't even thought about if we can get his connection fixed. Basically sleeping with the enemy, like things like fraternizing with WWF talent when he was in WCW. And do you remember when TNA sent a bunch of people to a WWF commercial shoot? Like how much has wrestling changed yeah. since then even? It's remember, wasn't it the guy from the crazy. Highlanders that uh, – I can't remember if WWE called them the Highlanders. But he uh, he was fired because he was on camera at a TNA show, remember? We actually – me and Shane talked about on that on gym? this week's show, yeah. Because yeah. uh, he told me that Paige was backstage again at the Impact tapings. Right. I said, anybody else? Robbie or Rory McAllister from the Highlanders? Right. That's right. And he was like, that, that guy yeah. on camera. Yeah. Ontario anything else guys, man. That's what they were. Uh, Stone Osborne says, I'd love to hear JJ's take on the Thunder after Starcade 97. That would be a very fun one. Also, one that I wanted, I want to kind of approach all those dumbass 1994 gimmicks, like all the people that had jobs. Like, there's a lot of fun stuff there. Obviously, The Undertaker being brought in. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's anything, any type of podcast is a work in progress. There's some people that get it. Some people that don't, and I think JJ, if you know, he, I think he can get it. Yeah, I, I really do. I think so. The only other thing on my list uh, is, uh, and I know Vince McMahon is not watching this, and he doesn't care, and he will never watch this. But I don't care that he's not watching because I want to look. Didn't put, the, you didn't put Sports Keto on the list. You want to talk about that? Let's talk about it. Okay. People, people literally are asking me to talk about it right okay. now. So I've told Sean repeatedly repeatedly that he's got to stop being so sensitive. He's got to stop ripping people on social media. The big thing for me that you got to understand is no, stop shaking your head when I'm talking, stop shaking your head. So the one thing I've told Sean repeatedly is before you post something on social media, you need to ask yourself, what is the benefit? What is the benefit to me personally? What is the benefit to Fightful.com? And if you don't have a good answer to that question, don't do it. And I've told you that repeatedly. So this morning I saw the sports Kita thing and I was like, Sean, stop it. Like, just stop it. There, there's no reason to do it. And you actually, to your credit, might have caught me because I always use Meltzer and I always say to Sean, I want you to be more nonpartisan, kind of like a Dave Meltzer. Uh, and you told you and you said to me, Dave Meltzer rips people on Twitter or on social media all the time. He has a shirt. He has a shirt. I had no idea. He's your friend. I honestly yeah. had no idea because I, I don't follow Dave Meltzer and I, I just didn't know. I always looked at him as that kind of upper echelon respected journalist on a pedestal, you know? He's he's a nice, he's a, an incredibly kind dude, a nice dude, but you know, sometimes you get people that say ridiculous stuff on social media. And um, here's the thing. If you've ever heard him cover Charlotte's career, the guy ain't bar- bipartisan. Ric Flair's his buddy. I, I know. And that's, that's I mean, public that's, knowledge. That's, that's public And this is uh, – if it's covering backstage news, hey, your boy's bipartisan. If we're talking about subjective entertainment, I'm going to talk about how it subjectively entertains me or not. The sports key to thing, hey, here's the deal. I've worked really, really hard to get to this spot, and you know that. You know how hard I work. Yeah, man. You're drinking Monster Energy drinks. You're going to the park. You're you're playing with your cat hey, on look, the couch. Hell yeah. I anyway, thought you told me you were going to get off that stuff. Oh, no. I ordered like a 30-pack. I went still to school, do, myself, really? I put myself like thousands of dollars in debt going to school. That's not a mandation yeah. to get this type of spot. You don't have to do that. But I learned a lot of stuff that helped me in that spot. And this website in particular, not only do they post a bunch of flat-out fake news, which has been debunked by your boy on multiple occasions, uh-huh. 
they'll go back and they'll delete those stories and act like it wasn't on them. They've stolen my transcripts. They've stolen my exclusives from multiple places that I've worked and passed them off as their exclusives. Uh, superiors at the time would contact them, say, hey, how about you get rid of this? No citation, no recant, no apology, no nothing. They just take it, and if they get caught, maybe they'll delete it. They've had several stories. This one guy in particular who apparently bought something like 60,000 Twitter followers. Really? And was threatening physical violence <laughs> on Ryan Satin. Ryan Satin, who is one of those guys who just quite frankly – doesn't get shit wrong. Why was He's, he shitting on him? What was the reason? Just the fake stories, man. Just oh, the so fake you mean, stories. you mean Ryan was shitting on him? Well, no, Ryan had said, you know, guys, stop tweeting me about these stories. I don't run them because they're not real. Uh, and that's a thing that happens in our chat a lot, Jimmy. People will say, well, why aren't you covering this? Why, do, why didn't you cover that Alexa Bliss has heat backstage? Is it because WWE gave her to you as an interview? Like so they're questioning my journalistic integrity because I had interviewed her like for a couple minutes one time because this site ran a story that wasn't true. So I reached out to my sources and unanimously four people said no that is absolutely not true. There are big plans for Alexa Bliss. Ran the story, they deleted theirs. So when when their fake news brings the journalistic integrity of other people who have worked really hard I don't know if this dude – I don't know much about him, but I know that the news often is fake. The claiming that Goldberg is winning the Royal Rumble about two weeks before, uh, reporting that Brock Lesnar was going to be at the Hall of Fame, uh, that Mickey James is going to be Nikki Bella's attacker. Um, let's see, that AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels was a sure bet for WrestleMania, that uh, yeah, the, the Alexa Bliss thing. Okay, I get, that, I get the point. So, so – Here's how I look at it, I guess. Because again, you and I are kind of different, and I kind of I I, I pick my spots, right? So here's, here's oh, I pick my spots with this. Oh, one, you pick I you think. pick a lot of spots. But here's here's <laughs> here's how I look at it. Remember, you were telling the story about I think it was Wade Keller, and you're creating pictures and all that stuff. That stuff I think is childish and stupid, and I don't see the benefit. If yeah, if someone is is taking your exclusive content and, and pretending it's their own, I'm with you on that. In that case, I think they, they should be called out. As a matter of fact, I've got financial resources and I got a good legal team and I got no problem, you know, mm-hmm. uh, flexing a little muscle if we have to in that regard. But if someone's just going to tweet a story about Alexa, to me, I would let that stuff go. I mean, who cares? I, I look at it like this. You're kind of giving them attention by, by talking about it because people are going to read the story. Right? Hey, I'd rather them get attention for having fake news stories than have people coming at us saying – why aren't you covering this? Are you afraid to cover this? Because, I mean, we had, like, in regards to these fake stories, I'll wake up, and between my inbox, tweets, DMs, I'll probably have a half dozen news tips right. from this fake stuff. Now, Wade Keller is a fantastic journalist. I've never said anything negative about him as a journalist. We had a disagreement on a talking point, and it was a little bit of ribbing there. I don't think anything negatively as him. Did you soak his as ass person? as part of that rib? I think that's maybe one we shouldn't touch <laughs> because, I mean, that's just one we shouldn't touch for reasons. But um, I don't really talk to Dave – or not Dave Meltzer. Uh, I don't really talk to him a lot either. Mm. Um, Wade Keller, but I respect him. I do not respect this guy who – because everybody thinks – that this type of job is easy mm-hmm. because of people like that. 
Just remember that when you're, when you're publicly commenting on people and sharing the links, you're giving them publicity. You got to remember that, you know, you're giving them publicity. So that's why, like I told you before, every time you're going to do something, think about the benefit. And if you can't, Hey, well, then then maybe I'm, maybe I'm being really nice to him. Those 60,000 fake followers of his. You might be, if you, if you spin it that way, you might be being, I mean, you, you know, you're you're a nice Kentucky boy, right? I mean, it gets to the point where he's literally threatening violence on Ryan Satin. Ryan Satin is a very nice dude. And I mean, we there have been other people that did that too. I mean, I know journalists that have blackballed really good other journalists from try or tried, tried, but as it turns out, when you're a really good journalist, that doesn't matter because the cream rises to the top. Yeah. And obviously, the, I don't the violence like, thing is I such would, nonsense. I want to help. I want people because Brian Satin is really good about this too. Changing the perception of wrestling journalism mm-hmm. to where it's respected, and I think that's a step back. That's a shot. Uh, Ryan Satin is very good at what he does. So when he takes note of something like that, and I happen to be like, "Oh, damn! You know what? That's happened to me a dozen times." Mm. I mention it. It's you know, it's it's the type of job that you can't take days off. The next time they mention a Fightful exclusive as their own, you let me know. That's all I got to say. Slap on site. That's an SOS. <laughs> and the point I was going to make before we segued into this, because you asked about anything else, and I was about to go on about Vince. I know you're not listening to this, but I want to say this anyway. Do not fuck up Shinsuke Nakamura. Don't fuck it up. Oh, you're going to piss me off. All right? He is a made oh, man, man on your show. He's a made man. Don't screw it up. You're angering me a little bit. Just don't do it. Don't do it. I'll come to Titan Tower where I will not get in, and I will stand in the lobby begging to come up, and you won't let me, but just don't do it. I'll tell you this, guys, and I hate to bring up Russo again, but when Vince Russo looks at a guy for the first time that is an internet darling from Japan and can't speak very good English, and Vince Russo goes, wow, that guy's a star. Absolutely. I should tell you that it transcends all the barriers. Absolutely. It transcends all of them. He has a type of charisma that doesn't necessarily have to be represented by spoken word. Maybe sometimes, but you know what? He can do more from one look than a lot of guys can do in a five minute match. Like he is a talent. I think it was Jeff Hawkins that brought up like that squint. He does. Yes. It, the squint he does is worth more than what a lot of uh, sentences are to other people. He is a talent. And, and when I see him toiling being called Michael Jackson by Dolph Ziggler, Vince man, don't fuck it up again. You're not listening to this. You never will. You don't care. Just don't screw it up. Cause he's awesome. Some people from, some people uh, from WWE listen to this. Yeah, like, yeah but Vince McMahon sure as hell doesn't. It's, I bet he does with that T-Rex on his wall. <laughs> I bet right now he's like finding his Twitter and he's like, hashtag rally for Jimmy Van to fly SRS to Toronto yeah. for the May Blue Jays versus Reds game and do a live podcast. Because he does his own Twitter, I'm sure. I'm sure he does. Well, now he will over <laughs> this. Over this, Yeah. That's all I got, man. I mean, the show's pretty much done anyway, but that's all I got. It was a good show, though. Quick. They're quick every week. You tried to pinata my nuts no. across, the, across the screen, just no, swaying. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm always very I, – I try to be clever but not bullying. I'm not a bully, try Sean. Be gentle. Try to be gentle to my balls. I'm gentle to your balls. There you go. As long as you don't soap them. I'll leave that to you, man. You're into that. I'm, am I into that? Maybe they're stanky. Okay. By by Friday, people are going to see me wear this shirt three days in a row. Yeah, you said so. That. You got anything else? No, I think we're done. 
We ready? We ready to wrap this up. Oilers, guys, Oilers we have- are playing tonight. Good luck to the Edmonton Oilers. I'll be watching, even though it's a late game on the East Coast. I'll be watching the Bulls game tonight. Hopefully, they can salvage this series, which I don't think they can. Uh, we we do have Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko coverage this weekend. We got tons of features coming for that, guys. Uh, great boxing writers in Joe Holbert, Constantine Eckner, and Carlos Toro bringing you the goods there. And then next weekend, because we got kind of a dead period for MMA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canelo versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. This weekend, WWE Payback. We got our post show. Come in there. Come to our live discussion. It's lit. We didn't even talk about the uh, brand split and how screwed up it already is. So next week, we'll talk about that. Next week. Yeah, we will. It's a fun show. Yeah, man. People are starting to ask us to go longer, and I'm like, uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, because you're going to get sick of this uh, Canadian lad if I go too long. So an hour's perfect. Nah, I don't know. I've done three podcasts today. And, you know, usually people would be like, nah, I'm ready to get off here. I love my job, man. Awesome. Love it. Guys, follow at what's – your, what's your damn handle? Jimmy Van 74 Jimmy Van 74 Follow at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow at Fightful Wrestle, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Online. If you want to watch that Shane Helm show, it's going to be video only. I was not happy with the audio of that. So go over, check the, the video out of that. The, the Matt Riddle show drops tomorrow. Did you see the best of the broadcast volume one, Jimmy? I actually saw it last night. I did. It's a good time. It was good, man. Yeah, I liked it. Volume two. Volume two will come out soon, I think. I think I've got enough stuff to do volume two. People like it. Until next time, guys, leave it the thumbs up. Uh, subscribe, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. I want to thank you guys uh, for contributing to our success so much. We've seen those numbers grow. Numbers that used to be old goals are numbers that I would probably jump off of a building if I saw now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, very happy, very, very good to see. we got some cool stuff in the works. I think Jimmy's going to send me some cardboard cutouts. We'll see how it goes. I don't, until I don't next reveal time, my guys. secrets until it's done. You got to wait. Until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.